You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom. I'm here with Sam and Seven the Legend. Sam, we're back. We're back to doing lore episodes again. We had our Patreon episode recently, and now we're back to the lore. How's it going? That's right. Yeah, we uh, we covered Saren, so I think it's only right we talk about his right-hand Asari this week, Liara's mom, Matriarch Benadryl. Benadryl. Matriarch Benadryl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that one. Cousin to um, Commando Zyrtec. We're <laughs> just going to start naming drugs or over-the-counter medicines. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Captain Aleve was... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we're talking about Liara's mom. This is a weird intro. Um, I mean, we're back in this... If some of you are probably like, well, you guys are doing this late. Yeah, we, we missed the regular show. We're back. This is a Saturday. It feels weird to do this on the weekend. Does this feel different to you? It kind of does, but kind of not. But also because I, I took this Monday off. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. All I, right. I, it's still a Friday to me in, in some ways. But yeah. OK, so we're, so we're actually talking about Matriarch Benezia. Yes. Matriarch Benzodiazepam, as I, I'm Genesis <laughs> says here in chat. On okay. Twitch. Now, Ma- yeah. Matriarch Benezia. Yes, that's who are, we are talking about. Um, what, what, so what's, and, what is the let's let's do like we did with the other ones, because normally we go back and we talk about like the early stuff, right? The stuff that shows up in the books or the comics, the things that are whatever. What? Let's just get into it. What is the earliest stuff we know about Benezia? You're going to make me want to see Benadryl every time. So the the origins of Matriarch Benadryl um, are (laughs) basically the 
she doesn't show up in any of the comics, books, or later games as a flashback, right? But she and Matriarch Athena, so another matriarch we later meet in the games, had given birth to Liara in 2077. 2077, the year of yes. cyberpunk. Dexter Deshaun <laughs> was Liara's midwife. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. I wouldn't have anticipated that he was the one that would be the midwife. That was he had a well, he has a very diverse and storied career, it seems. Don't make assumptions on that side eye. What'll it be, Liara? Short life of glory. <laughs> uh, oh man. of glory. Somebody needs to uh, mod no. him into into a Mass Effect game. That would be amazing. All right. So anyway, he, so back would, on Okay, track. wait, wait, wait. Before we go forward, <laughs> uh -huh. would Dexter Deshaun be a Volus or would he be a Krogan? I was I was just picturing him as a human, but yeah, I guess he could be something else. He's kind of a rotund fellow, right? He's kind of roundish. He's so, quite rotund. He's quite rotund. He's got a little little heft on him. Uh, I think he's got a breathing problem. Um, I mean, I like him as a Volus. I do like that. What do you think? Okay. Well, back, back, okay, back on topic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that was 2077. And we're joking about the timing because I was curious about what was going on in the Mass Effect universe at that time. And you know what the answer is? Well, we don't really know. Um, the closest event that we have to that year in the Mass Effect universe is one that we've already covered. It happened in 2075. It's called the Manswell Expedition. Yes, it has been at least a year and a half since we've talked about the Manswell Expedition. Victor Manswell. Victor Manswell. Bet you didn't think this would be coming back and we'd be talking about it yet again. But this, as a refresher for everyone, Victor Manswell was this rich guy who was frustrated at humanity's pace of space exploration before they discovered mass effect physics. So he launched his own expedition and using cryogenesis. Uh, you can go back to the earlier episode where we talk about it. It's weird. It's totally unrelated. But I had hoped that I could find some other insightful galactic event that had shed light on how Benezia and Athena truly met because I was like, you know, hey, how did Liara's parents meet? Um, and unfortunately, there's just no clear uh, answer to that. But on the bright side, this timing does give us some insight as to how old Asari matriarchs are, the ones who are alive during the Mass Effect trilogy because it wasn't for another 70 years after Liara was born in 2077 that humanity would discover mass effect physics and then unlock the Charon Relay. And by that time, Benezia and Athena would have already been matriarchs or close to it. So that means that they have already lived several hundred years. And when Shepard meets them in Mass Effect 1 and 2, respectively, it also means for Benezia and Athena that Shepard and the rest of humanity really are like not just the new kids, but they're new kids on the second day of school. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to say on the block. New kids on the block. There we go. Now we owe someone royalties or something. And I don't know how that works, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but seriously, like it, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, they're several hundred years old and Humanity just came in the scene, what, um, 70 years or so after Liara was born, meaning that like 
humanity's presence on the galactic stage is younger than their child. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they are from the old school, the old school being before humanity was even a thing anybody was worried about outside of right. Earth. Right. It's kind of surprising that Athita uh, and Benezia didn't talk down to Shepard and uh, more like, you know, hey, didn't you guys just discover fire yesterday? <laughs> they use they use like uh, baby language. Like when you talk to an infant, you're like, hey, you boo, 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 boo. hey, hey there, Shepard. Oh, come on, Shepard. Come on. Walk, walk, walk to mama. Walk to the matriarch. Someone needs a nap. Yeah. Oh, somebody's grumpy today. Huh, Shepard? That would be a totally different gameplay experience. Right, because like Shepard is an infant in terms of age compared to Liara. <laughs> right, right. If so, you are Benezio or Athena. All right, okay. So before we get any further, let's discuss what actually an Asari matriarch is. Like, what does that really mean? It's basically a wise woman or a sage for the Asari culture. Any Asari who lives long enough will enter the matriarch stage of their life around 700 years old. It's like the grandma stage. Wow. Okay. So somebody who would be a matriarch today, like today's date has been around since like before the Renaissance for us. Wow. Yeah. Let me think about that. That's a long time. Could recall. I don't know who was, what was going on in in the Holy Roman Empire during that time? Was that even around? (laughs) Oh my God! Uh, Wasn't I I was thinking ten ten twenty four because a thousand years, right? Oh, a thousand years. Yeah, yeah. Live life. Oof, oof. But even if you go seven hundred, like even seven hundred is a long time ago. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. That was like firmly the Middle Ages. There was a lot of people, you know, uh, doing things about farming and being peasants and lords bickering over land i mean like there wasn't a whole lot going on back then right yeah and that's assuming that that would that would be an asari but if it were like an a thousand year old human being if human beings could live that long i feel like progress would take longer but we talked about that in the asari episode yeah, um yeah so basically the matriarchs are asari for when uh they have traditionally already settled down Uh, They have already formed a family, and now they devote themselves to civic duty, political, religious, or theological causes. Um, And they are revered as having the most amount of experience because they are the oldest. You know, they've they've lived the longest, and therefore they have more wisdom than uh, most other Asari. At least that's what the collective belief is. So we're led to believe, as players, that many of them have also served as valued advisors to political or corporate leaders if they're not the leaders in those realms themselves. Uh, and they can also be spiritual teachers. Can you imagine having a conversation with somebody that old and thinking that you're going to say anything new at all that they've never heard before? Like, if you managed to make a, a sorry matriarch laugh, you should put that on your resume. Right, right. It's like, I... I I don't know. We could go into side stories. I, I don't want to derail this too much. But there's that feeling of like, as I get older, I less and less am surprised by the conversations that people have, by the kinds of things people say. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good joke. You know, like it's I'm less likely to just be like, oh, my God, I've never thought of that before. Right. Because you just you gain this experience over life. 700, 800, 900, 1000 years of experience. They, I mean, they've got to be just rolling their eyes at everything. And and it explains the attitude in the game. They kind of are like that, right? There's kind of this like, uh, all right, <laughs> kind of extreme air. centrism, right? Like there's this air to them of like, 
all right, well, I'll, I'll talk to you infant, <laughs> you know, like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, if you were, you know, it comes back around though, at least for human beings, I feel like, because have you ever laughed at something that you're like, that's so trite and so stupid that I'm laughing like ironically. Yeah. And then you start laughing because you're laughing. But then like, if the other person thinks, oh, I said something genuinely fun, like, no, not, not quite. Right. Right. This is, I'm laughing at the meta reason, not at the thing that you think I'm laughing at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I wonder if that's, you know, why we don't see many, uh, a sorry laugh because after like a hundred years, haven't yeah. you pretty much heard every joke? Right, right. That, that's the thing about humor is it's the thing that is unexpected, but you feel like, oh, I should have thought of that. That seems so obvious now. Uh, but yeah. So wait, so these matriarchs, they have they have kind of this the special place in society, too. Like there's this kind of the pseudo religious thing going on. Yes, it's kind of similar to uh, the concept of a guru from pan-Indian traditions in our own world. Um, the character Shiala describes herself as one of Benezia's followers. Uh, acolyte, I think, is a term that's tossed around. But this doesn't really go for everyone. They are individuals, so they can buck societal trends when they want to. Um, case in point is Liar's uh father quote-unquote father athita is a good example because she's a matriarch but she's working as a bartender in mm -hmm. mass effect 2 mm -hmm. because she doesn't really care uh to dispense any wisdom for society man can you imagine i just i keep thinking about it like yeah if i met like a thousand year old guru who seemed to really know everything seems pretty worth following along or at least watching his youtube videos or something right but then can you imagine a thousand year old person like, oh, I just want to bartend. <laughs> like, but yeah, bartenders are also dispensers of wisdom at times. So that could be a thing, too. They um, are. And I was going to say, I would love to have like a 700, 800, 900 year old bartender, because can you imagine the drinks they'd make? Awesome. Can Also, can you imagine how old the tattoos would be on their arms? Um, but anyway, back to Benezia. Is there is there anything else we know from before the games? So Benezia doesn't actually have all that much screen time in Mass Effect, so almost everything that we know about her, even from before the games, is secondhand information, which means we can trust it, or we can take most of this information with a grain of salt. It's her choice. Uh, but we know, even among matriarchs, that Benezia was prominent and had garnered quite a following. Um, so I was doing a little bit of, like, you know, time uh, analysis, and considering that Mass Effect 1 takes place only 106 years after Liara's birth. She's 106 years old in Mass Effect 1. I'd guess that that would mean that Benezia had already gained some significant cultural or political influence by the time she had Liara. And maybe this implies that she had Liara later in life than most Asari even have children. Because most Asari are having children in their matron stage. So it goes the maiden, matron, and ma matriarch stage. But... Um, most Asari are having children in that matron stage, which would be younger than 700 years old. It sounds like that Benezia may have had Liara later in life. Liara is an only child. Um, I can only imagine that this would mean that L Liara feels a certain way about her mother that maybe a lot of Asari don't feel. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably similarities there. Uh, like, I, My parents were relatively young because they had me in their mid-20s compared to some of my friends' parents who had them much later in life. And there's, even a, among humans, there's that different feeling 
when kids have older parents than if you have younger oh, parents, I, right? Yes. I mean, my mother was 42 yeah. when she had me. Yeah. So by the time you're a teenager, they're almost seniors, you know, like. That's that's a very different experience than, you know, like when I was a teenager, when I was 15, my mom was 39. Like, I think she had me at 24, you know, like that. She still felt like a young parent compared to some of my friends' parents. Um, my mom was technically old enough to be your mom's mom. Right. By yeah. the time she had you. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but that it creates a completely different experience. And so I would imagine that Liara would have a very different experience with her mom than most of the Asari would. So there's probably similarities among only a very small group of them compared to what most people experience. Yeah. Um, we also know that Benezia raised Liara as a single mother and because she and Liara's quote unquote father, Athita, had separated. And because Liara tells us that she never knew her father, it must have been when Liara was very young that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything else we know about? Yeah. Well, Liara thinks part of the reason that they separated is because there was shame that Liara is a pureblood. Uh, the fact that both of her parents are Asari and that's highly stigmatized for a number of different reasons. Yeah. The possibility of creating Ardot Yakshi, not the least of them. Right. So the, she's even more of an anomaly among the Asari. Older, older mother and pureblood. At the same time. Especially, well, and, and if her mother is in this prominent political or cultural role and then is also known to be having a, a, a romance with another Asari and creating a, a pure blood child, that could be extremely taboo. So that could that could be part of the reason that they separated. Um, but we later learned from Athita that their separation may have been partly due to differences in how each of them really viewed the, the, the galaxy and their duty as a matriarch. Um, Benezia apparently valued uh, upholding the status quo, kind of acting as that guru I talked about and, and, and forming political alliances. But Athita is very clearly a free spirit who has left Thessia, which itself is taboo for um, matriarchs to do. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, um, especially because she's a bartender. She's picking a very different life path. So do we know what kind of mom Benezia was? Liara was her only child, so all we have are Liara's memories, which can be biased. Um, but they are what they are, and Liara remembers her mom as being gentle and loving uh, before they suddenly stopped talking for years. Here's what Liara tells Shepard in Mass Effect 3. We have a clip to play thanks to Jjock33 on YouTube. I love this part of the Presidium. It reminds me of where I grew up. Where's that? Armali. Back on Thessia, my mother and I lived beside a park. I spent hours there. Doing what? <laughs> Reading, exploring, getting in trouble digging for ruins in the grass. <laughs> You're kidding. I was very young. Yeah, that's actually pretty cute. No one else thought it was funny. Oh, the lecture my mother gave me. But she did buy me my first history book the next day. I miss her, Shepard. What was she like? She was confident and kind. She loved to wear yellow. I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world. The um, history book reference there is, is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, that, that, that must have meant something sentimental to Liara. Uh, and it also 
like it's not like she's handing her you know a candy or a sweet or some kind of toy you know it's very evident that Liara's mom is encouraging her to value education. Yeah, yeah. And those kinds of influences on young people will last their entire lives. Um, so you, it's interesting we're getting these little snippets of uh, things that were formative in Liara's personality, but connected to her mom. That's that's cool. Yeah. And, you know, this is sweet. And, and you can see the natural progression of why she takes up the academic field of uh, archaeology and studying the Protheans. Um, and we know from Liara that there was a certain pressure being Benezia's daughter because of Benezia's prestige. So um, I'm not sure entirely how much of that pressure encouraged Liara to kind of run away and seek uh, solitude in the Prothean ruins. I mean, we're led to believe that in a certain way, but there's also some things timing wise with Benezia's ultimate involvement with Saren uh, that could have played a role. And we'll get into that after the mid break. Yeah. So don't go anywhere. And this is a very different mid break, at least from the most recent ones, because it's the return of the planet cards. What? We need a sound effect for planet cards. Planet cards, planet cards. Guitar riff. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Message coming in. 
Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. We've got to thank our newest patrons for signing up at patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. Welcome to the Patreon. Rajantic, I think is how you pronounce that. And Tynal, welcome. So glad that you're here. And we have to shout out our shepherd tier patrons, Edboy, Kiracy, Lieutenant Ticino, and William. Thank you so much for being here to all 63 of our current active patrons and you can always go on there as well and sign up as a free patron you don't get all the stuff but you can be plugged in and see what kinds of stuff you can get like t-shirts and stickers and all sorts of fun things so go check that out also we have uh, actually we do usually read out reviews we don't have a new one this week but if you do leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts, we'll read that out on a future episode plus you can rate the show on spotify tell your friends all of that stuff is super helpful so thank you to everyone who has supported the show in every little way it's because of you that we're able to keep doing this. So thank you so much. And Sam, we're talking planet cards. What? We are, yes. Um, just came across this planet the other day when I was playing Mass Effect, and I thought, wow, this is not one that I've read very often. Uh, and of course, if, if if we've covered this already way in the past, I know one of our listeners is going to be like, uh, guys, you already said that one. And hopefully not. <laughs> but anyway, Angana. Angana is a hot and beautiful and deadly world covered with debris of ancient starships. It's approximately or approximately 127,000 years ago, a series of battles were fought over it by two organic species, the Thoi Han and the Unusanan. The Unusanan might sound familiar to everyone. They were the uh, Protheans of the Protheans. They were the forerunners. These all sound like medicines because we've been on this like medicine kick. Like... (laughs) Like, uh, like, uh, yeah, try, ask your doctor if Inusanan is right for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a hard time going out in public? Are you embarrassed to meet new people? Do your nerves get the best of you? Try Inusanan. Ask your doctor for more details. Uh, yeah, Inusanan. There we go. There you go. Uh, maybe it's like a, like a, um, oh man, what's that, what's that, uh, skin condition that I always see? pharmaceutical ads for anyway uh, right yeah yeah <laughs> uh the rest of the planet card is although no records of the conflict remain between the Thoihan and the inusan and most historians agree that both races wanted to colonize angana and neither were willing to share the two lost hundreds of ships in a series of battles over angana and its moon baraya many of these were eventually pulled in by the planet's gravity well the mass effect drive cores of these ships broke apart dumping refined element zero over large stretches of landscape this poisoned the environment and a wave of extinctions followed many of the animal species that remained showed a tendency to develop biotic powers as the ecology of angana is energetic and aggressive this makes colonization a deadly peril <laughs> so i'm getting this picture of like oh, all right we built the house yay we colonized we built our new house let's move in and you're moving in you're like crap we've got mice and then you're like, oh, it's just a mouse. It's fine. And then the mouse starts using biotic powers and blows a hole in the wall in order to create its little. Where's the cheese? Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden things start floating around the room and you're like, stupid mice. The, the mouse <laughs> took your trap that you left out personally. Yeah. And now you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Biotic mice or, or even just like biotic like giraffes that just like bend the trees toward them. So it's easier to get the leaves, you know, like. Biotic cows. 
Biotic cow? What would a biotic cow do? Steal your money? Because <laughs> cows need money. All right. Um, all right. I don't know why they. I don't know why they need money. <laughs> That's weird. Maybe, maybe biotic uh, pigs. Biotic pigs that they're already intelligent, so that would be concerning. Or dolphins, like creatures that don't have like hands to do things with. All of a sudden, they have biotic power, so now they can like manipulate the world better around them. I would imagine well, dolphins I, would like float out of the water and then like right. Yeah. They they could keep water inside their biotic field, maybe. Oh my god! Like yeah, yeah, or like fish. They could just create a <laughs> bubble around them and then just float around in the bubble. I don't need fish that can go on land. They can stay there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All right. So that's uh, Aingana. Also a weird weird word. That's our planet card. Hey, back to plant cards. Who knows? Maybe another planet card will show up next week. But we've got more to talk about with Saren and Venezia. So don't go anywhere. We're going back to the regular part of the show. Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, so we've got the the little bits of stuff that we know about the pregame story, and then we have Benezia meeting Saren. How does how does this happen? So we know that Benezia is tied to the company Binary Helix. Uh, that may sound familiar to players because of Novaria and Mass Effect One. I've seen online that Benezia was a quote executive secretary uh, for Binary Helix and 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 was Saren's quote executor. Whatever that means, to be honest, I, I don't know. I've yet to pinpoint the source of this specific detail, but it is safe to conclude that Binary Helix is how Benezia and Saren met because Saren was also a key investor uh, and apparently held a lot of sway in the company given just what he's allowed to get away with. Um, but now that we... That may be how they have met, but it doesn't exactly describe how Benezia found out about Saren's Reaper plans. Um... We find out through Shiala, uh, the green Asari, if you remember her on Pharos, who gets pooped out by the Thorian, <laughs> uh, that we find out from her that Venezia apparently wanted to stop Saren's plans. Uh, here's a clip of that conversation from YouTube credit to Epoch video. In time, my name is Shiala. I serve, I served Matriarch Venezia. When she allied herself with Saren, so did I. Benezia foresaw the influence Saren would have. She joined him to guide him down a gentler path. But Saren is compelling. Benezia lost her way. Are you saying Saren can control minds? Benezia underestimated Saren, as I did. We came to believe in his cause and his goals. The strength of his influence is troubling. I love the delivery of, are you saying Saren can control minds? <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> like, right yeah yeah not quite almost chef <laughs> you almost like, got it it seems like a weird jump like but then again humans haven't been out in this galaxy very long they don't know what everybody's capable of but like are you saying saren can control minds <laughs> i would love to role play like idiot shepherd who just jumps to conclusions <laughs> yeah you know? right right yeah. did saren blow up the entire galaxy well shepherd <laughs> if he did none of us would still be here so obviously no are you saying that shepherd and saren are in bed together and they <laughs> secretly planned the second american civil war <laughs> are you saying that shepherd and saren have a secret romance and i'm shepherd 
<laughs> only in Saren's mind. That's why he did all of this. Oh. There are some people who want that to happen, by the way. I've seen them on Twitter. This would be a wonderful um, addition because you know how in certain Fallout games you have like your intelligence is low enough and you get like the idiot responses. We need to have an idiot version of Shepard in the future games or whoever yes. the main character is. Right. Like, oh, man. Random encounters. That would be fun in the next Mass Effect. Um, but anyway, yeah, we get this idea from Shiala that Benezia was not this mindless henchman just going forth and executing Saren's will, uh, but but she was also one of his and Sovereign's many victims. And not just that, but that Benezia actively wanted to bring him back toward the light, that she was rather selfless in that regard. Um, now, we don't know what her exact intention behind doing this was, uh, as in, you know, we didn't we didn't get a chance to ask her, but we do know or and we don't know whether this was because Benezia cared about galactic peace or if she just cared about Saren personally. So when exactly did this happen? Like, when did Benezia devote herself to trying to save Saren from this? Like, what what's the actual time frame here? So this is a really interesting question because obviously it had had it had to have taken place before Mass Effect One, uh, so before the year twenty one eighty three. But the answer is never specifically told to us. It's something that I had to do a little bit of analysis for. Um, so I may get some details wrong, but you know people can let me know if that's the case. Logically, it has to be after Saren meets Sovereign because right. Benezia is right. responding to Saren's indoctrination. Right. So had to have been sometime after that. And if you remember, Mass Effect Revelation ends with Saren discovering Sovereign. Mass Effect Revelation, that takes place around 2165. So that's 18 years before Mass Effect 1. When Shepard was an actual child. <laughs> yes. Right. Shepard would have been 11 years old. Yes. Roughly 11 years yeah, old. Yeah, that's crazy to think about the t these time frames. But yeah, okay, so 18 years previous. Yeah, that means that Benezia could have been following Saren for up to 18 years before Mass Effect 1, trying to convince him to stray from his path. It could have been shorter than that, but this is the most specific answer that I could find. That, that unless I'm missing something, Benezia could have been spending, uh, you know, up to 18 years of her life with her followers too, traveling with Saren, fighting off indoctrination, and pleading with Saren to really do the same. And that's a long time to devote to that, for especially for somebody like Saren. I mean, but she, the Reapers end up indoctrinating her too, right? Like there's this like tragedy in there. Yes, um, yes, it, it that that is completely, Completely tragic because we know that she's now spent basically a generation, a human generation, following around Saren, and it leads her to try and breed this Rachni army for Saren once she has become indoctrinated too. And and they, she does this through her connections in Binary Helix, and that's where Shep and possibly Liara confront her for the first and final time. Why does Saren need the Mu Relay? He believes it will lead him to the Conduit. I would tell you more if I could, but Saren did not share his counsel with me. I was merely a servant to his cause. You can still make it right. Give me the information. I was not myself, but I should have been stronger. I transcribed the data to an OSD. Take it, please. 
Knowing the relay's coordinates is not enough. Do you know where he planned to go from there? Saren wouldn't tell me his destination. But you must find out quickly. I transmitted the coordinates to him before you arrived. You have to stop me. I, I can't. His teeth are at my ear. Fingers on my spine. You sh You should... Oh, you should... Mother, I... Don't leave! Fight him! You've always made me proud, Liara. Die! It's a good scene. <laughs> the, the delivery of that final word. Yeah. Die. Die. Yeah. Yeah, I, um... Man, it's kind of... Looking back, it's just kind of hard to take a lot of that conversation seriously because it's just like here's a fuck ton of cleavage right in your face <laughs> right, right yeah <laughs> you know there is that does anyone else feel like that i mean come on yeah um yeah but that was a strategic choice by some on <laughs> the art team uh but thank you to kahala chan gaming for that clip we fight benezia right after she says die and this time it's final and she has no more willpower to go on right you can tell she has this internal struggle going on in her mind mm -hmm. she says goodbye to liara after that fight she calls her little wing and she expresses this profound grief uh that she doesn't see a light at the end of the tunnel proverbially as she's dying um and you know she says they, they always said that there would be a light you know so that's kind of disturbing it's sad um you start to wonder how much of that is because of indoctrination right it, is she not seeing a light because the reapers would still control her body after she passes um and yeah, yeah it's just sad yeah no that's it's interesting it's also interesting that their culture still has a similarity in seeing seeing like a light uh, you know, like death and seeing a light, that kind of thing, uh, that we humans would have a similarity to that. Yes. Uh, and there, we will definitely have to talk about Asari religion in maybe a future episode, but, uh, yeah. So Benezia seals off part of her mind from this indoctrination and she's breaking free from it just really at the final moments. Um, you remember just a couple episodes ago, we talked about in regards to Paul Grayson's indoctrination and how he, it was like he was trapped inside his own body, mm -hmm. you know, and he couldn't, he was watching himself say these things. He was watching himself do these things, but it wasn't him doing it. And I can't imagine what it was like then for Benezia, you know, watching her body say the things she did, do the things she did and having no control over it. Well, even the, the terminology, his, his fingers are on my spine, uh, like did you say teeth in my ear something in my ear yeah uh, yeah basically that Ugh. that Ugh. It, that very visceral imagery yeah. that uh i only have control for a little bit and the enemy is at the gates yeah they're grasping you know? back at me and i physically can feel it it's not just in my mind i can it, it's like it's affecting my body as well it's just like this idea of being under your skin that kind of thing you know Ugh. right yeah. like total control of their brain and nervous system yeah it's, right it's very scary so you contrast how liara remembers her in mass effect 3 you know when she was saying she looked amazing in yellow she was wonderful she gave me a history book you know mm -hmm. and you contrast that with their strained relationship in mass effect 1 um and you start to consider if indoctrination 
is really the reason for Liara and Benezia having not spoken in years. That you remember Liara says, mm-hmm. I haven't spoken in years uh, with my mother. And then after Benezia's death, Liara's just purposefully stoic uh, and not vulnerable with Shepard, or she genuinely doesn't care that much that her mom died. I don't, I think it's the former, uh, you know, because she knows that she can't open that bag of trauma and grief right then and there. They have a mission to see through and there's really no time uh, for that level of sadness. Yeah. And it's complex. Like you go for, I mean, if the reason they are distant is because of the indoctrination, there's the processing of like, okay, well, what parts were my mom and what parts weren't? Did I even really know her over the last 18 years or whatever? Um, and how does that affect the way I felt about her growing up or as a child is how do you reconcile? It's like going through certain uh, tragedies in your own life. Like I've been through a divorce. There's that feeling of like, well, I'm not really cool with this other person anymore. There's a lot of friction here, but didn't we used to get along? Weren't we used to, how did, how do I have these memories of these good times when we were in love and everything seemed wonderful and justifying that and trying to find a place in it is a very complex thing. So I would imagine it makes sense that she would kind of be internally dealing with that without having to explain it too much. And then maybe by mass effect three starts to reconcile it at a certain, a certain amount and say, okay, no, there were good things about my mom. I do remember these things from the past. Who she was in the last few years isn't necessarily the same person, and it's not necessarily her fault. Yeah. And well, and it takes, yeah, it takes um, years of reflection, you know, to, to come to that point. I think it's a different kind of pain for someone if they love someone and that person becomes someone else. Right. Then yeah. if that person were to just pass away, being still that same person they remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a different kind of pain and it's a burden that Liara has to carry with her. Uh, but, you know, my conclusion basically on on, Le- on Benezia's character is that she's this distinguished Asari. She's a good mother who encouraged Liara to have, pursue a strong education. Um, she led a difficult home life and she got divorced maybe because society wouldn't approve of her romantic partner. Uh she was a selfless person, uh, clearly, you know, for having uh, tried to convince Saren to to come back to the light. Uh, and maybe she perhaps thought she could save Saren. And in doing so, she lost her own life to indoctrination. Yeah, a truly a tragic character, somebody who would have been very interesting to have met decades before the whole Saren thing. Right. Like I have you have to wonder what was she like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you know, 300 years ago. Like, who was she? really at her core that we never really get to witness. I think she was personally more like there are little hints, I think, that are left that would indicate that Benezia is so much more important to the Asari civilization uh, than we actually know. For example, in Mass Effect 3, Liara knows somehow knows about this uh, temple and the artifact under the temple in Thessia and she knows things that like an average Asari wouldn't know. This is like a state level secret, right? Yeah. But she doesn't quite know all of the details there. But anyway, the reason why she would even know about these things, you know, she talks, she reminisces and talks about being brought back there when she's a child. And anyway, there's just some hints that maybe Benezia was very, very well connected and very important to the Asari civilization, at least important enough that Athena spies on Liara in Mass Effect 1 on behalf of all the other matriarchs because they're concerned that this prominent matriarch's daughter would have 
connections tangentially to Cerberus through Shepard. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a complex web. It, w- it would be interesting to know more, but uh, this is, seems to be as much as we can know. So that's as far as we can go, right? Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We're back to the lore stuff. And Sam, do you have an idea where we might be going next week? Yeah, you know, I uh, I have heard many, many people ask, when are you going to start talking about Liara? And the connection between Saren and Liara was uh, Benezia. Yeah. So we're going to be starting talking about our episodes of Liara, but... As most people know, Liara is so pervasive throughout the entirety of Mass Effect lore. This will be many episodes long. I'm not sure how long. Maybe we'll try and break it up with some other topical episodes in between. Uh, but yeah, we're going to start delving into Liara's character. Would you, would you say that she's, I mean, th- this may be a controversial thing, but is she the second most important character after Shepard? She... <sighs> You know, I want to say yes. Somewhere it's in there. Only because or of third? Liara. Yeah. It it's only because of Liara really that Shepard is alive. Right. In by the end of Mass Effect Three. So maybe, I don't know. We'll have to kind of examine the details uh of of Liara's importance throughout those episodes and maybe come to that conclusion a little bit later. I also uh have this loose idea for next week, maybe on a, a potentially Valentine's Day themed episode uh that we'll have to talk about offline. <laughs> All right. Uh and no, it doesn't include us doing anything romantic together. We're both no. we're both in committed relationships and so that's not gonna I'm sorry, I sorry. I, I have to resist the temptation, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> you're a wonderful friend, but I don't see you that way. Stop making up things, Internet. Nobody's actually making like, these are all jokes. Nobody's making up anything. There's no I'd be so uncomfortable so if I saw some this kind of weird so conspiracy weird. YouTube video about that. <laughs> Did you know that Tom and Sam have a secret romance? Oh, my God. No, that's not a thing. Um, Did I just empathize with like celebrities infinitely more popular than me? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for being here. Sam, you have other stuff going on you want to share? Yes, uh, I am continuing to stream my personal canon playthrough of Mass Effect 2. In fact, I am about to start streaming it right after we're done here on the Lorecast. Yeah. Uh, it's like like the second that we're done, I'm hitting live. Uh, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitch at In7TheLegend. I also send out notifications on Twitter uh, at the same handle. Awesome. Yeah, go check out Sam's stream. So if you're here, welcome. Thank you for being here for the live show Uh chat and if, if you want go jump over there we're wrapping it up go check out sam's stream and of course you can find my stuff at robotsradio.net i do a bunch of other podcasts and there are a bunch of other shows on the network that you should check out so robotsradio.net i'll see you next time stay safe out there bye everybody Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.